Isn't he truly wonderful? It sure is good to see each and every one of you here this morning on this beautiful day that God has given us. The only thing better than this beautiful day is being able to gather amongst his people in his presence on this beautiful day. Let's just sing that little chorus. Uh, I love the thrill that I feel. God's wonderful people. Don't you just love coming to church? It is such a wonderful feeling to know that you can walk through that door back there and leave all your burdens, everything that you've had to deal with through the week and just come in here in the sweet fellowship of brothers and sisters and, and the like faith. There's nothing like it. I love it. All y'all got beautiful smiling faces this morning too. It's good to see that. I love the thrill that I feel when I get together with God's wonderful people I love the thrill that I feel when I get together with God's wonderful people 
What a sight just to see all the happy faces praising God in heavenly places. What a thrill that I feel when I get together with God's wonderful people. Oh, what joy His love affords when we meet in one accord and we lift our hearts in praise unto the Lord. There's no place I'd rather be with the ones who've been set free I'm so glad I'm in God's great big family I love the thrill that I feel when I get together with God's wonderful people I love the thrill that I feel when I get together with God's wonderful people What a sight just to see all the happy faces Praising God in heavenly places What a thrill that I feel when I get together with God's wonderful people And on that great reunion day When our Lord says come away And the saints from every land sweep through those gates Joining loved ones around the throne At last we'll all be gathered home That will be the greatest thrill we've ever known Oh, I love the thrill that I feel when I get together with God's wonderful people. I love the thrill that I feel when I get together with God's wonderful people. What a sight just to see all the happy faces praising God. In heavenly places, what a thrill that I feel when I get together with God's wonderful people. Let's sing it one more time. Oh, I love the thrill that I feel when I get together with God's wonderful people. I love the thrill that I feel when I get together with God's wonderful people What a sight just to see all the happy faces Praising God in heavenly places What a thrill that I feel when I get together with God's wonderful people Oh, let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise Amen. I just want to take the opportunity to wish all of our fathers here a a happy Father's Day. And I strongly encourage you that if you've still got your dad here with you, call him up and tell him just how much he means to you and just let him know how much you appreciate him. I 
I sure miss my dad this morning. He was a great influence in, in my life and a great godly man. And I know he's looking over the portals of glory this morning and he's saying, hang in there, son. Just keep, just keep pushing. Trust me. It's, it's worth every bit of it. And I want to sing this song in honor of him this morning. This was one of his favorite songs and it's one of mine too because I'm just a, a happy person. If you're in the Lord, you should be happy. Are you happy this morning? Everybody will be happy over there, but you ain't got to wait till you get over there. You can be happy here, Brother Aaron. If you know what we know, you can be happy right here. There's a happy land of promise over in the great beyond Where the saved of earth shall soon its glory share Where the saved of earth shall enter and live on forevermore Everybody will be happy over there Oh, everybody will be happy, will be happy over there we will shout and sing god's praises everybody will be happy over there oh mothers fathers sisters brothers will be singing around the throne in that land where no one ever knows a care and the Christians of all ages will join in that triumph song. Everybody will be happy over there. Oh, everybody will be happy, will be happy over there. We will shout and sing God's praises. Everybody will be happy over there. Oh, we will hear nobody pray and no mourning in that land. For no burdens there will be for us to bear. All the people will be singing glory, glory to the Lamb. Everybody will be happy over there. Oh, everybody will be happy, will be happy over there. We will shout and sing God's praises. Everybody will be happy over there. Oh, play it, Brother Matt. Oh, just think about this right here now. Oh, there we'll meet the one who saved us and who's kept us by his grace and who brought us to that land so bright and fair. We will praise his name forever as we look upon his face. Everybody will be happy over there. Oh, everybody will be happy. We'll be happy over there. We will shout and sing God's praises. Everybody will be happy over there. Well, now everybody will be happy. We'll be happy 
over there We will shout and sing God's praises Everybody will be happy over there Oh, hallelujah Oh, my I believe you come to have church this morning As Brother Jaron said last Sunday I'm ready to give that devil a black eye Amen. I want to be like Brother Donnie said, when I wake up of a morning and put my feet on the floor, I want hell to tremble and say, no, not him again. Not today. Amen. Just keep pressing on, saints. Just keep fighting the battle. I was uh, talking a little bit with uh, Brother Aaron uh, McGarry last evening, and we were just kind of talking about where we were in, in, in time and how, you know, things seem so tough. But we we have... Uh, we have a peace. You know, we, we can go to sleep and rest easy at night. We can lay our heads down on our pillow and know who's got tomorrow. Amen. We, we know who's in control. Amen. And I'm so thankful for that because there's millions and millions of people in this world that don't have a clue where their next meal is going to come from or if they're going to have power tomorrow or, or what, what may be. They don't know where they're going to be if they close their eyes in death. But many things about tomorrow we don't understand, but we know who holds tomorrow. Let's try that song, uh, Brother Matt. Uh, <clears throat> let's try it, maybe B-flat. <clears throat> many things about tomorrow I don't see to understand, but I know who holds tomorrow. Thank you, Lord. And I about tomorrow I just live from day to day and I don't borrow from its sunshine for its skies may turn to gray I don't worry over the future For I know, yes, Lord, what Jesus said. Oh, just think about it, saints. And today I'm going to walk 
beside him for he knows what lies ahead oh let's just worship him now oh many things about tomorrow I don't seem to understand, but I know who holds tomorrow, and I know sing those last two lines now oh but we know who holds tomorrow and I know he holds my Jesus. Brother Matt, if you just continue to play that softly, we're going to go before the Lord in prayer. I don't have any written prayer requests this morning, but I know that there are many needs among us as a church family. Uh, I would like to ask you to uh, remember my uh, father and mother-in-law in your prayers this morning. Went to uh, visit them yesterday and just ask that the Lord give them a, a touch in their bodies and uh, uh, Brother and Sister Shepherd, just ask the Lord to touch them and um, remember our pastor and his wife as they're away traveling. Um, I know we want to continue to remember uh, uh, Brother Richard and uh, Sister Mary Smith. Also want to continue to remember them. And uh, I'd like for you to remember my brother Brian. He's on the road today working. Uh, there's quite a few people that's traveling today too. And upraising of your hands i know there's many unspoken requests amen remember to pray for each other saints we we depend on each other we're we're one body we need to pray for each other amen i'd like to ask brother ben if he'd come take take us to the lord in prayer let's bow our heads Lord Jesus, it truly is an honor this morning, Father, to be able to gather with our brothers and sisters, Father, just to take some time and to tell you how much we love you and how much we appreciate you and how thankful, Father, we are, Lord Jesus, this morning. Lord, we're thankful that there's a place that we can come, Father, and we can gather, Lord Jesus, just to say, Father, we need you. We need you so much. Lord, uh, these prayer requests that Brother Keith has mentioned this morning, Father, and all the unspoken prayer requests that were, Father, shown by an uplifted hand, Lord Jesus, I just ask, Lord, you know the situation, you know the, the hearts of those who raise their hands, Father. And Lord, all of our needs are different this morning, Lord. None of us necessarily have the same situation, Father. It may be spiritual, 
It may be uh, emotional. It might even be financial, Father. But you know the situation, Lord. And we just ask, Father, that you would go and be with each of the situations. Lord, we ask that you'll be with our pastor. Give him a time to to rest, Father, and relax and bring him back fresh, Father. We ask you to be with him and his family, Lord. And we ask, Lord, you'll continue to bless Brother Keith this morning, Father. We're just enjoying the song service this morning, Father. We just ask that you'll continue to bless it and bless the word as it comes forth. We ask in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You, let's just sing it as you're seated. Many things about tomorrow I don't see something about that song that when I'm feeling a little stressed and under pressure I can just sing that song and it's just like he just comes down and comforts me and says I've got it all in control amen we want to welcome all of our uh, visitors here this morning we've got quite a few and I want to welcome the Sperry's here with us from uh, Indiana this morning down visiting glad to have them and and uh, we have the uh, Fort Walton Beach crew again I said that uh, Sister Gabriella always brings us a busload of visitors. So she's our um, she's brought uh, John and Ashley James and the family from uh, Fort Walton Beach. Uh, we're glad to have you all with us. Glad to have all of our visitors. Glad to have all of our regulars here too. It's always nice to see your smiling faces. Amen. Now, I'm gonna put Brother Matt on the spot this morning. You got a you got a song you can can do for us. Brother Matt's always got a song in his heart. That's great. We need some of you special singers to step it up now. It's been a while since we've had some of you up here. And uh, there's more than, you know, we get tired of hearing my old raspy voice. And some of these, you know, y'all need to step up. So I'm going to be praying for you. And then I'm going to put you on the spot. So you better be praying. I hear the Savior say Thy strength indeed is small A child of weakness watch and pray Find in me thine own and all Sing it with me Oh, Jesus paid it all, all to Him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain, He washed it white as Lord, now indeed I find 
thy power and thine alone can change the leper's spots and melt the heart of stone Jesus paid it all all to him I owe sin had left a crimson stain Washed it white as snow Sin's nothing good have I Whereby thy grace to claim I'll wash my garments white in the blood of Calvary's Lamb. Sing it with me. Jesus paid it all, all to Him I owe. Sin had left the crimson stain. Washed me white as snow Since nothing good have I Whereby thy grace to claim I'll wash my garments white in the blood of Calvary's Lamb, Jesus paid it all, all to Him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain. He wants me white as snow. He wants me white as snow. Let's all stand. I'm so thankful that when he looks down at me, he doesn't see me but he sees that blood amen let's have our ushers come at this time we'll receive our morning tithe and offering brother andy if you would just bless the offering
Amen. As Brother Dennis comes this morning, let's sing this song. I have a maker. I'm looking forward to what the Lord's got in store for us. You pull on the gift and you could receive the very answer that you're looking for this morning. He's already got it. And I've been looking forward to this service all week. And I'm just excited what the Lord has got to give to us through Brother Dennis. So let's sing this as Brother Dennis comes. I have a maker. He formed my heart. Before even time began, my life was in His hands. And He knows my name. And He knows my every thought. And He sees each tear that falls. And He hears me when I call I have a father he calls me his own he'll never leave me no matter drawn us into a relationship with yourself, Lord. As much you've revealed to our hearts, we've been able to see you move in our lives in different ways that we might have a personal experience with you in all the ways that you purpose to give us. And so on this day, Lord God, I know it's within all of our hearts, Father, to say to you, Happy Father's Day. You are a good Father, Lord. And as we were praying this morning among the brothers, Lord, you are an example to every father. You show us what a father is all about. 
Father, our whole heart's desire is to be just like you as you would help us to grow into your image through your spirit. And we're so grateful, Father God, that you do understand every thought, every feeling, every emotion, Lord, every situation that we experience. There's many of us in this room right now, Lord God, and you know about each one of us in particular. You know every thought, every situation, every household, every life. And that's such a comfort, Lord. We want to say thank you for everything that you've ever done for us, all that you're doing for us, and all that you will do. We thank you for allowing us to be here this morning. You brought us here safely, Lord. And now that we're here, Father God, we pray that your purpose would be fulfilled within each one of our hearts and within this service this morning. This is your time and we are your people. We commit this service to you, Lord. In the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you, saints. Amen. And I just reiterate what the brother already said. Happy Father's Day to all the fathers. Amen. Let's give the fathers a hand clap. And, uh, you know, when they were all younger, you know, you deal with all of them pretty much the same. And then as they begin to grow up, they begin to enter into their individual personalities and perspectives of life and whatever. And so whatever I learned when they were younger, I'm like, man, I don't know nothing. It's like a constant learning experience because I'm learning them as they grow, you know. But by the grace of God, he helps us. And we're grateful for that. I thank God for my family. Thank God for each one of you. I thank God for Brother Barry. I know he's not here. Um, I just pray that the Lord keep him and his wife, wherever they are, that they might just serve his purpose wherever they are and be able to come back safely. um, I don't want to keep you standing long, so let's let's in our Bibles. Let's go to uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Really enjoyed the song service. It really helps to set the right atmosphere. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> we come from different places, and I know how it is, especially if you have a decent-sized family, you know, when it comes to getting ready to go to church. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm constantly like, okay, now, where we at? Let's go, let's go. You know, I'm by the door. I come back and check. My, my daughter isn't here, but she's the one that's always lagging behind. I got to go. I got to go maybe five times and always try to retrieve her. <laughs> Come on, sweetie. What's next? What you got going on? Let's go. Amen. And I thank God for my family. First uh, Thessalonians chapter five, in <clears throat> verse one, it says, "But of the times and the seasons, brethren, ye have no need that I write unto you." For yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. And notice how it says this in this first part of this verse. It says, for when they shall say. So it's something that they're declaring of themselves. For when they shall say what? Peace and safety. So that was their perspective of what they saw and how they felt. 
but it wasn't a reality. When they shall say peace and safety, it says, then sudden destruction cometh upon them as travail upon a woman with trial, and they shall not escape. Um, so one other scripture here I'd like to. John chapter 14. So the peace that they were declaring was not a real peace. Amen. It was a false peace. Amen. So in John 14 and verse 27, it says, peace I leave with you. He says, my peace give, my peace I give unto you. He says, not as the world giveth. So it's a different kind of a peace. Not as the world giveth. <clears throat> Amen. He says, give I unto you. He says, let not your heart be troubled. He says, neither let it be afraid. Amen. Um, as a topic this morning, um, I like to approach the peace of God. Amen. The peace of God. Let's just bow once more. Father God. We've read your word, Lord, and it's always an uneasy place for any minister in his heart, Lord, because we know that you have a will and we only desire that your will be done, Lord. So we just pray that you would come and take control of our thoughts. And Lord, may you speak to the hearts of all of your children. We ask this, Father, in your name, the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. God bless you, saints. You may be seated. not sure how long it's been since I was last here, but I will say that whenever I do come, you all always have a wonderful atmosphere. Amen. The Lord, you can just see the effects of the gospel, you know, in the lives of the people. You know, you don't necessarily have to talk to someone, right? You can just kind of be around someone. And if you have any level of experience or have been drawn into a relationship with God to any degree, there is some discernment that's there that's right. And then there's some sensitivity that you have, spiritually speaking. Um, I know you've had experiences where you've gone places and maybe you're at a grocery store or whatever. And not that you desire it to be the case, but you might have someone that might not be quite all right spiritually. And then when you kind of step around that person without any words being spoken, you can just kind of look and there's a feeling that you get. It's like an uneasiness. You understand what I'm saying? And Brother Branham, he talked about that as far as being able to recognize someone that has the spirit of God. You know, and we've also, I believe, had those experiences as well where, you know, not that we try to be spiritual. It's just something that's just there, something that just picks up on the inside of you, spiritually speaking, and can kind of sense, you know, what's, what the case is, you know, in some cases. Um, so I'm always at ease when I come here. You know, I, your worship, I thank God for your worship, our brother. Um, I shouldn't have forgot his name so quick. Brother Keith, I was going to say Keith. Amen. <laughs> yeah, I really enjoyed the worship and, uh, you know, just the choice of songs and just the flow of everything. You know, when you, you're in this way for a while, I can't say that I've been in there like terribly long. 
I'm still a young man in my own sight. But, you know, you just kind of, you, 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 you come to appreciate certain things along the way. You know, you're at, you're at a place now where if a song is sung, the heart that it's sung from, it's a spirit that comes along with that. You know? And I can just, you know, normally in church service or whatever, I'm, I rejoice and I, I praise and what have you, but I'm not just as expressive with it. You know what I mean? I just kind of sit. Sometimes when something is striking me real deep, you know, it's just I get all full on the inside and I just begin to maybe cry a little bit or whatever, you know, because <clears throat> the presence of the Lord, when it moves on you, you know, it just brings that kind of an effect. <clears throat> so when certain, certain saints are singing or whatever, you know, it's just, it's just something immediately just transfers over, you know, through that song and it hits that right place and it helps to bring me into that atmosphere of worship and of praise, you know. So uh, it's appreciated in a nutshell. Amen. You, you guys, this way of worshiping and all. So as I said, I want to deal with this subject of a, the peace of God. And I, I found this for the first time this morning while I was in the back just kind of kind of going over some things. <clears throat> and I want to share this with you in light of the first scripture that we read. It says that when they shall say <clears throat> peace and safety. I mean, that's, that's interesting, right? Because the time that we're living in, <clears throat> the age that we're living in, um, nothing that you see is, is, is according to what you're seeing, per se. Um, you know, people, uh, there, there's a lot of turmoil in the earth right now, right? And I, I want to I wanna just be real with you. It's not just a turmoil amongst the world, but it's a turmoil amongst the bride as well. Amen. Now, why is that? Because we are who we are, right? And we believe that we are the bride of Christ by the grace of God. But because we are who we are, we are a target. Amen. We are a target every day of our lives. Whenever we wake up to the time we go to sleep, Satan targets us. So he's always coming after us. He's always strategizing, trying to poke at us or pull us into a certain frame of mind that he wants us to be in. And, and once we slip into that frame of mind, and, and that's his kind of like his playhouse, you know, spiritually speaking, that's where the, the, the prophet told us the, the greatest battle that was ever fought is where? It's in the mind. And we're not exempt from that. Even though we've heard the message and God has revealed himself to us to a certain degree, we all still have mind battles. Isn't that right? Amen. So it's a disturbance that's there, that, you know. And, and if you want to say it in that way, it's a spiritual disturbance that Satan always wants to keep us in. Amen. But we thank God that he's with us, right? Amen. And that he's our help and he's our comfort. Amen. Without him, where would we really be, saints? Amen. So I want to read to you this right here because it, 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 it just really stood out to me. It's a little lengthy reading, but just bear with me as we kind of set a foundation to what we want to say. And this is the Laodicean church age. Brother Branham says, God says this church of the Laodicean age is wretched. But they didn't see themselves as being wretched. Right? So it's a false perception of themselves that they hold. It's a deception is what it is. You understand? And I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't want to be deceived. 
Amen. I, I don't want to act like a Christian and think I'm a Christian, but not actually be a Christian. You understand what I'm saying? So as a true child of God that's predestinated, you will come. And we are now, by the grace of God, we, you know, many of us have already been quickened. Right? And I don't know about you, but I know I can stand to be quickened a little bit more. Amen. I need, fre- I need fresh baptisms. I need refreshings from the Lord. I need, you know, restorings and things of that nature as I take my journey through this life. Because there's a lot that we come in contact with. Right? Amen. But there are some people that actually live in somewhat of a delusional world. Amen. The reality in their hearts, when they really are by themselves and they think about everything that's going on, they know that everything is not all right. But yet outwardly, when they come out amongst the people and in certain situations and environments, they want to give that impression. That oh, everything is good. Everything is okay. Now, that's good if if that's the case. (laughs) Amen. Because the, what I want to deal with this morning concerning the peace of God, there is a peace. The Bible says that that passes understanding that God actually gives. You understand what I'm saying? And it's not a put on. It's a reality. It's a real place that God brings each one of his children into that we live in. Please forgive the fluctuation of my voice. I, I, I really don't have control over that like that. So I try, I, I try to be mindful, but sometimes it just rips out. So don't, don't, get, don't, don't, don't be afraid. It just, <laughs> I just don't know how else to say it. <laughs> Amen at times. But notice this now. He says, that word comes from the Greek words which mean endure and trial. He says, and as he says, and it has nothing to do with the trials that come to a true Christian, for God describes a Christian in trial as blessed and his attitude uh, as one of joy, whereas whereas this description is phrased as wretched and miserable. He says, how strange in this age of plenty. Notice how he says this in this age of progress, in this age of abundance. How can there be trials? He says, well, now it is strange, he says, but in this age of plenty and opportunity, when everyone has so much and there is so much more to be had, he says, "Uh, what with all the inventions to do all work and so many things to give us pleasure, he says, suddenly we find mental illness taking such a toll as to alarm the nation." So in an age of such progression and of such advancement, seemingly, right, in a a, a natural realm, in a technology realm and what have you, that brings a lot of conveniences to all of us. We have cars now that can park themselves and drive themselves and, and all sorts of these things that the Lord even told us about ahead of time, right? But he says at the time where all these advances and progressions are being made and people are saying within themselves they're okay. And, and Brother Branham, and we will see it here. He says they have boastings. They boast of, of how well they're doing and how good they are and things of that nature. But, but they're not being honest and true with themselves. He said because at the same time we have all these conveniences and everything seemingly is going smoother. There's more turmoil. He says mental illness is at a peak. That's a spiritual disturbance. Amen. That's a spiritual warfare. So no matter how many natural conveniences anybody has, no matter no matter how many natural advancements that are made yet spiritually, that doesn't do anything for the inner man. 
You have more, but you have less. Naturally, you're rich, but spiritually, you're bankrupt. And it shows. It shows, saints. We see it coming out in the world. You know, one day somebody is smiling and and seemingly having a good time and what have you, and the next day they're taking their lives or trying to take somebody else's life. Look at all the killings and everything that's going on in the world today. But if you if you, if you were able to if you were able to map the people's lives that are responsible for these these incidents or these situations, you probably wouldn't be able to pick up on much of anything at all. I'm sure there's, there's a few cases where some, there were certain clear signs of things, but 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 most of the time when you see like serial killers and stuff like that, they 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 don't they they don't even look like. It's, it's this one gentleman, and I happened to, to see this article about he was a real estate agent, clean cut, very welcoming looking, very pleasant looking young man. And he was a serial killer. Looks can be deceiving. Amen. But we don't want to be that way, right? Amen. We're in a time where there is so much real to be obtained and that we have access to. Why, why, why take a substitute? Why take something that's not real? Remember, Brother Bradham talks about the virtues of the spirit, right? And he talks about how there is a real Holy Ghost given virtue that's added to each each believer, right? That's birthed within the soul of each believer and it becomes a living article of that person's life. But for each one of those, he said on the human side, there is a. A duplicate, one that's produced on a, in a carnal way, but that one that's produced in a in a carnal way, it, it doesn't have a lasting power to it. It's very temporary, very temporary. So he says here we find mental illness taking such a toll as to alarm the nation. He says when everybody ought to be happy with really with really nothing to be unhappy about, millions are taking sedatives. He says at night, pet pills in the morning, rushing to doctors, entering institutions and trying to drown out, he says, unknown fears by alcohol. See, the peace that the world gives, it consists of these type things. They have to resort to these measures in order to give them a temporary peace within their minds because of everything that's going on that becomes a bit overwhelming to them. And like I said, that's just not outside of the walls of the message. There are some saints that struggle. There are some saints that lack real peace. You understand what I'm saying? And it's like on the inside, they know that everything is very chaotic. They feel themselves being on edge. But because of wanting to look the part, amen, they they, they don't allow it to show. And they fight these inward battles constantly. Amen. But how many, even as the song said, how many realize, how many are grateful we have a father that knows our name? Amen. He hears our voice. He hears our inward cries. Amen. And understand that God actually permits certain. God permits things to happen, saints, to actually help to bring us into that true, real relationship. Amen. So that those real things that we stand in need of can be identified and we can cry out to God about it. And God can come down by his grace and satisfy. 
that longing. Give us that real peace that exists. And it's not just a fairy tale. It's not just a Bible story. But it's a peace that exists, and it, it exists within the person of Christ himself. I don't want to get ahead of myself. Notice how he says this. He says, yes, this age boasts of its tremendous stores of worldly goods, but the people are less happy than ever. Money don't give you happiness. Hey, man, many times with much business comes much sorrow. You might be a business owner. You might have you, you might have achieved good, you know, worldly wealth and things of that nature. But that comes with a cost. Amen. And you have many millionaires and billionaires that are taking their lives. Got everything at their fingertips. The best counselors, the best doctors, the best that life can offer. But yet on the inside are very unhappy. He says this age boasts of spirit of its spiritual attainments, but the people are less sure of themselves than ever. He says this age boasts of better moral values and it is more corrupt than any age since the flood. He said it talks about its knowledge and science, but it is fighting a losing battle in all fields. He says, for the human mind and soul and spirit cannot comprehend or keep abreast with all the changes that have come upon the earth. In one generation, we have gone all the way from the horse and buggy age, he says, to the space age, and we are proud and and boastful about it. He says, but inside is a dark void cavern that is crying out in torment. Help me. These things aren't satisfying what I really stand in need of. And they know it. That inward voice is sounding out loud. It's a cry. It's unrest. It's an uneasiness. And whenever anybody is not completely where they need to be with God, in the presence of God, enjoying his fellowship, that's always there. Amen. You can you can substitute it like he said. You can try to drown it out with a pill or an alcohol or an event or some kind of an entertainment. But when it all settles back down again, it comes right back upon you. And when you are a child of God, God makes sure it comes back upon you. Why? Because you're not supposed to be able to be settled in that state. There's a real place of peace and comfort and rest that God has called us to. Amen. A real joy, a real happiness when you ain't got to put on nothing. It's a joy that comes from your soul. You understand what I'm saying? It don't matter what you're going through. He says here, saints. I'm going to read that last sentence again. In one generation, we have gone all the way from the horse and buggy. He's aged to space age, and we are proud and boastful about it. But inside is a dark void cavern that is crying out in torment. And without a known reason, men's hearts are failing for fear. And the world is so darkened that this age could well be called the age of neurotics. It boasts, but it cannot back it up. Amen. He says it cries peace. And there is no peace. He said it cries that it has a great amplitude of all things, but it keeps burning with desire like an unsatisfied fire. There is no peace, saith my God, to the wicked. 
And there's a scripture that's here that really stood out to me, right? And it's in Psalms. It says here, uh, it says, Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. Amen? You see, the Bible says that if we keep our minds on the things of God, remember, he said, he'll keep it in perfect peace, whose minds is stayed on me because they're trusting in me. See, and that's what Satan doesn't want. So, 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 so the, the, uh, the busyness of our lifestyles, the, um, I'm going to say it in this way, the, uh, maybe the habits, the routines that are not so, 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 so good for us, maybe. Right? Where, 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 as, as I was saying to another church, you know, uh, you have sometimes documents that you have to fill out either naturally on paper or electronically, right? And in these documents, there, there are certain, certain fields that when you see that field, it has a little maybe asterisk that's by that field. That little asterisk mean what? It's required. <laughs> You can't skip over that, right? If it's, if it's electronic and you try to skip over that, you'll get a little red air and it'll flash you back up the way you need to fill out that little field with the asterisks by it, right? And then they have other lines, that, 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 that line that are lines that don't have the asterisks by it, right? And it, it says what? Optional. <laughs> I mean, to realize that Satan wants to, in our lives, in our minds, he want to make everything, he want to make everything else that we have to do, go to work, cook, take care of whatever natural affairs or what have you. He want to make all those requirements. But somehow when it comes to the things of God, those are the things that seem to be optional. Well, if I have time, I'll read my Bible. I'll listen to a message. I'll pray. It seems like God always gets the second place or third or fourth or fifth. Eh. You, you understand, we've all been guilty of that, right? But what are we forfeiting by doing so? There is a peace that we're forfeiting. Amen? There's a spiritual stableness. So that no matter what situation you come in contact with, there's an anointing that's upon you when the anointing of God is on you and we're in his presence like we should be. There's anointing that's upon you that doesn't allow your mind to react. In the way that others might react, in the way that the world might react. He says, my peace I give unto you, not, not as the world giveth. It's a peace that passes understanding, saints. Isn't that right? Let's go here, if you will, to the book of Mark, chapter 4. The book of Mark, chapter 4. It says in verse 35, And the same day... When the even was come, he saith unto them. Now he's telling them what they're going to do. He said, let us go into the other side. He didn't say let us try to go to the other side. Let, let us attempt to go to the other side. He said, let us go unto the other side. But that went over their heads. <laughs> They should have been able to gain rest from his words alone. Oh, well, we're going we're gonna to make it to the other side because the Lord said, let us go to the other side. 
But that wasn't what the case was, saints. Notice how it says this in verse 36. And when they had sent away the multitude, they took him even as he was in the ship. And there and there were and there were also with him other little ships. And there arose a great storm of wind. How many realize the Lord allowed that storm to arise? Every trial that you and I experience, we realize now it's a predestinated trial. What is it? It's a training ground. God is training us. Isn't that right? It's more than just to come and receive a good word and become very knowledgeable about all these key things that God is revealing in this hour. God want to see us put it in action. So he allows us to be taught at times certain subjects, but best believe there is a test that's coming. <laughs> Amen. And if we fail the test, what will happen, saints? You'll take it again. Why? God want to see all hundreds. All A's, all passing grades, no D's, no C minuses, whatever that is, you know. Amen. He want to see all of us achieve and excel and progress, you know, in these things that he's called us to. Right. So it says here in verse um, verse 37 again. And there arose a great storm of wind and the waves beat into the ship so that it was now full. It says, and he was in the hinder part. Notice this now of the ship. It says he was doing what? In the same boat, there was great movement of that boat. Isn't that right? But where he was, spiritually speaking, it didn't allow him to be disturbed by the surrounding conditions that he was in. The Bible didn't say that he wasn't aware that there was a storm. It wasn't that he was sleeping that hard that he didn't realize nothing was going on. Amen. But he intentionally went down and laid down on that pillow like he did. Why? Because they had to go through what they were going through so that they can bring out what's really on the inside. And I mean to realize that's the reason for our trials as well. It's to help to bring to the surface what's really on the inside of us so that we can see it. Then God brings his word back to our remembrance, right? And then we go and pray and cry out to God and say, Lord, I failed, but help me to pass. If it arises again, Lord, whatever I might face again in a similar manner, Lord, help me to have a successful outcome this time, Father. I don't want to fail you, Lord. So he's asleep, the Bible says, on a pillow. Nice and snug. Amen. But notice their mindset. And they awake him and say unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? So in their minds, because of the situation that they were in, that it took them all the way to the worst case. We're about to die. We don't see no other way for us to come out of this situation. We're about to die. And they got so frustrated and they became a little aggravated with the Lord. He says, don't you care that we perish? What a mindset. What a response. What a reaction. Amen. And when he saw that reaction, the Bible actually says here, it says that he got up and he rebuked the wind and he said to the sea, peace be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. They were going to make it to the other side. All they had to do was trust him. You understand what I'm saying? All God wants us to do is trust him, saints. He said, they that keep their minds on me. He said, I'll keep it in perfect peace whose minds are stayed on me. 
That's again why the enemy wants to come in and take our lifestyles and give God such a place to where he doesn't get ample time. But it's really doing us a disservice because in our times of trial, it dictates our reactions and our responses. And I want to go as far as saying this. We're not talking about altogether just an outward uh, outward expression. You, you, you might stay seemingly as calm as can be on the outside, but the, on the inside, you're all tore up. Now, I mean to realize, of course, the prophet told us that our faults are heard louder in heaven and our words are upon the earth. Isn't that right? So that inside reaction means just as much as the outside reaction. So what's the difference here? Here it is, Christ in the same ship. And notice how he says this now. After he rebuked everything and caused everything to come down calmly, it says in verse 40, and he said unto them, why are ye so fearful? How is it that ye have, he says, no faith? He was disappointed. So why are you reacting like that? Why is it that you allow this situation right here to get you all tore up like that on the inside? Haven't you seen the things that you, I mean, did you, did you not see anything? Have I, have I not ever done anything for you? Have you not witnessed my power operating in a miraculous way many times over? This particular woman here. That uh, Sister Branham took a, she took a, a notice to, and she mentioned it to Brother Branham. His message is called, Hear His Voice. It says, it's paragraph 72. Brother Branham says, my wife said to me coming down this morning, she said, Billy, I don't mean to say this to flower anybody. He says, but she said, last night, I believe, or one of the nights she said, I sat by one of these, one of the little Amish women. It says, and a little lady with a little cap on her head. She says, and you could tell that woman had been with Jesus. Didn't say a word to the woman. But when she sat by the woman, there was a presence that was there. Amen. And when that presence is there like that, there's a certain frame of mind that's there also. Remember, he said, I'll keep your mind in perfect peace. You know what perfect peace is? See, the world can't give a perfect peace. There is a peace. There is a false peace that the world gives. Amen. It's, 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 it lasts for a very, very small moment. But it's not able to uphold under times of pressure. When that false peace is there and, and real pressure comes in, everything just busts loose at the seam. Everything begins to unravel. Tempers flare and frustrations and just everything just gets, it just melts. It just melts down. You understand what I'm saying? Like I said, it ain't so much so what we do outwardly, but sometimes on the inside, you know, people can say sometimes choice words on the inside. How many times in the Bible, the Bible, it talks about Jesus perceiving their thoughts. And you can imagine how people felt when they came around Brother Branham. <laughs> you know, 
They, they, they just felt like an open book. Man, everything is open. I know he knows my thoughts. You know, what? nothing you can hide. But even in that state, people still tried to pull the wool seemingly over his eyes. You know, because they came under a deception themselves and it made them not believe that he was who he was. And so he handled people with great care, even, they were, even if they were against him. He handled them in great care. Amen. But notice this woman now. He says, and, and, and you could tell that woman had been with Jesus for she was sweet. Her soul was mellow. There was one brother that was with Brother Brandon when he was being pressed by the lawyers in the court case. And this brother, had, he, he was very sharp. You know, he, he, his responses and things were very quick. And, and you know, his, he, he had a little temper about him. And Brother Brandon encouraged the brother to go sweeten up his soul in prayer, his spirit in prayer. Right. See, when we when we when we we fail to pray like we should. It affects us in that kind of a way. You get real edgy. You know, you're always on edge, you know, just just always seem like ready to shoot off. You know, but this woman right here, she had a peace that was about her. She had a mellowness Sister Branham picked up on. He says her eyes were clear. There's not no sin or nothing to hide behind or anything. She had been in the presence of God. Her senses wasn't dulled by whiskey and tobacco and all kinds of things of the world. She was refreshed from the presence of God, reading her Bible, studying in God's word. This is what the devil want to try to keep us from. We've experienced it, I know. Every one of us in here, we've experienced this, pre- this presence, this peace. Amen. We, we've experienced this right here, but Satan, Satan don't want us to continually resort back to it or to stay in this kind of an atmosphere because in this place right here, he's less effective. In this place right here, he can't get you to fuss back no matter how much he tries. He has to leave off on the one from, from trying to use the one that he was using because it ain't working no more. He got to go back and try to go to the, to the drawing board again and say, what else can I bring about to make it work now? Because they've overcome that. But it's the mind of God. That's why I wanted to say, saints, what was the difference between Christ and the disciples? In this same boat, in this same storm, it was the perspective of the situation. The Bible says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Isn't that right? So when the mind of Christ, when the anointing of God is upon us, it brings about, it makes a difference. It causes us to see things in a totally different way. Brother Branham in the side in the side of that field with that bull. Amen. As a man, when, when you're in that kind of a situation as a man, knowing he's a good shot, knowing he had a he had a he had a gun with bullets, <laughs> and he sees this beast coming at him that had just killed a man. In that state, that listen now, a prophet with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. His initial response, he was disturbed. He feared for his life. He reached for the gun. He said, I'm glad I didn't have it on me. Because that bull, would have, it would have been a different story. <laughs> we would not have heard about perfect love in the case of that bull. We probably would have heard about it in the hornets and the man, the maniac. But that bull wouldn't have been one we would have been told about. <laughs> but because of the anointing, he said he stood. Listen now. God let him be in that situation with no weapon. And he let the prophet travel to a distance where he couldn't get back to the gate fast enough to jump the gate. 
You mean God will let us be put in those kind of situations? He has. <laughs> he has in my life. I ain't had a situation with a bull, but I've had some very disturbing circumstances come about. Very unsettling. And it was in those times that I began to see myself in my real state. And then the Lord takes you back to his word and he, he allows the ministry to come forth and to begin to minister along the lines of what you stand in need of. And because now you can clearly see it, now you go to God in prayer, Lord, that was for me. Lord, that's me, Lord. Lord, help me, Lord. I need this peace you're talking about, Father. This situation, this circumstance, Lord, my reaction was not right. My mindset was not right. So he's out there now. And because the Lord allowed him to be in that situation in the way that he was, all he could do was just stand still. He said, well, I'm going to die. I'm going to go ahead and die like a man. Huh? And he just began to sit there real still, and he was trusting God. Then all of a sudden, he said that anointing came down. And when that anointing came down, saints, one of the things that really stands out to me about each one of those cases, when that anointing of perfect love came down on him, you know, the first thing that I noticed, it gave him an understanding of the one that was coming at him. He began to understand the thoughts of the bull. And he began to apologize to an animal. So that perfect love anointing, when it came down, it changed his perspective completely of the entire situation. He wasn't fearing for his life no more. It brought his mind. Now he had the mind of Christ. And we say praise the Lord. And when that mind of Christ entered in, guess what happened, saints? Listen, he had the Holy Ghost. But he didn't have full control in that moment in his mind. But when he came down and that mind came into him, the perfect love of God, guess what it did? It brought a peace. In the presence of a raging bull that was still charging at him, he was looking at that same storm like the disciples, but yet there was a peace that was there. And it began to allow him to react in a very calm and settled way. He wasn't speaking frantically. Oh, Mr. Bibb, no, 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 he, he was calm. He says, now I've come into your territory. This is your, your living area. I apologize for coming into your area. He said, but God has a sick servant, a sick son over here that I need to go and pray for. He said, so what I need for you to do is go over here and lay down. <laughs> a raging bull. <laughs> he looking right at him. But now there's something else is in control. And it wouldn't allow him to react as a human. Now he was reacting as a son of God. So this woman was sitting there and Sister Branham just took notice without a word being spoken. Probably never looked in the woman's eyes. Just by sitting by, she drew up this conclusion that she did. What was she doing? She was praying. She was studying. She was reading her Bible. I mean, I realize those things cause God to draw near. And it causes his spirit to settle in upon us. Can we say praise the, Lord? praise the Lord? Let's go to the book of Kings. Um, 2 Kings chapter 6.
Praise the Lord. Second, King, Second Kings, I'm sorry, chapter 6, starting at verse 11. It says, therefore, the heart of the king of Syria was sore troubled. Why was that, saints? Because every time he tried to set up an ambush for Israel, they always seemed to be able to avoid it. So he set up one. They avoided it. He was like, now that might be by coincidence. You know, they happened to make a choice to go another way. So he set up another one. They avoided it. He was like, hold on now. He began to think real deep. Now, how is it that they're able to avoid all these ambushes I'm trying to set up? So he talked to his people. As it says here, therefore, the heart of the king was of Syria was sore troubled for this thing. And he called his servants and said unto them, will ye not show me which of us is for the king of Israel? So it's got to be an inside job. There ain't no way possible for them to know our every move like that. Right. Because as a natural man, you all that's just how the mind works. Right. They don't understand that there is a God that knows everything. Amen. Praise the Lord. Even today, sometimes that's hard for some people to comprehend. I've been in a few situations where it was just some things that took place that was a. It was outside of my own ability, and I, I didn't have a clue of what was going on, but the Lord knew what he was doing. And for the people that, that were being witnesses of it, they were like, how did you know that? And I honestly, I, I didn't even knew I knew anything. I'm like, what are you talking about? You know, but the Lord just does what he wills at times. <clears throat> it says, <clears throat> and he called his servants and said unto them, Will you not show unto me which one of us is for the king of Israel? Verse 12. And one of his servants said, None, my lord, O king, but Elisha, the prophet that is in Israel, telleth the king of, telleth the king of Israel the words that thou speakest in thy bedchamber. It says in verse 13, And he said, Go and spy where he is, that I may send and fetch him. And it was told him, saying, Behold, he is in Dauphin. Therefore sent he thither horses and chariots and a great host. And they came by night and compassed the city about. So he's like, now nah, I got him. I'm going to go by night. He don't know that I'm coming. You know, at least he thought that he didn't know. But I'm sure Elisha knew that he was coming, right? The Lord showed him everything else. The Bible doesn't necessarily say that he showed him this, but I'm sure that he, he, he knew that that was taking place, right? So now they're surrounding his area. By night, so when the servant woke up, verse 15, and when the servant of the man of God was arisen early, it says, and gone forth, behold, and host compassed the city both with horses and chariots. And his servant said unto him, alas, my master, how shall we do? So now he has a reaction based off of what he's seeing. And he's not, I mean, even though he's seen supernatural things, sometimes you can see things and it don't register. Amen. Even like with the disciples, they saw Christ on several occasions multiply fish and bread. And then when it came to a place where he, he talked about the leaven of the Pharisees, they in their minds, their reason, and they were like, well, it's because we brought no bread. And Jesus said, what are you talking about? Do you not remember how many baskets you took up? They saw it, but it didn't register that he's able to multiply and make bread. You understand what I'm saying? And sometimes, depending on the situations that we're in, saints, even though God has given us certain testimonies, 
depending on how hard-hitting or how big or to what magnitude seemingly in our minds a trial comes at us in, guess what it does? It kind of helps. It causes us to kind of forget sometimes. Within our responses, we actually seemingly forget that God came and moved in such a powerful way in previous times. Amen. That's just how it is sometimes. To our shame, but that's the reality of it. But I'm glad that we serve a God that works with us. Amen. He encourages us. He points us back to the right way. He brings the right things back to our mind. He says, now go forward and do better. Amen. But notice this now. And he answered, fear not. Now, this is Elijah. Elisha speaking to his servant because his servant woke up and he looks out and he sees that they're surrounded. And in his mind, how are we going to get out of this? I'm sure fear set in. It's just me and Elisha. You have a whole army out here. In his mind, based off of his current view, that's all he can come out from the situation with is that we're in trouble. How are we going to get here? What shall we do, Elisha? What shall we do? But notice Elisha, when he came to him and he told him about it, he was very calm. He was in the same house, surrounded by the same number of soldiers that his servant was. But notice, that was a carnal view of his servant. Elisha was in the spirit. Amen? And by being in the spirit, his mindset and his view of the situation was totally different. He was seeing it from God's perspective. And that's what makes the difference, saints. Amen? When, when you, right now, the situations you have going on right now in your life, no matter what that might be, the only thing that's needed is a change of mind. I don't know how many times I've had situations, even recently I had a situation come up and uh, I was on my way preaching somewhere and I, I was a mile away from the church and all of a sudden it seemed like my whole right tire, front tire was about to come off to the point that I felt like I was going to have to pull over and not even be able to make it to the church. So I felt it and of course as a man, right, it's a it just sent a mixture of emotions through me. It's like, Lord, I got to preach this morning. And here it is. I'm a mile away from the church, and it looked like my car is about to let me down, and I was several hours away from home. So, the, so, so Satan knew I had to go. He, had, he knew I had a service that morning. So you can imagine what it is he tried to do to my mind. He wanted to throw the service off. Amen? So I prayed, and I kept going at a slow pace. And I made it all the way to the church. I pulled up. I went inside. I was preaching on this same subject that morning. And I went inside and I prayed. We went through the service. The Lord really came down and he helped us. He helped the people. It was a lot of testimonies and just confirmations and things that everyone came to share with me afterwards. But at the end of that service, because of my situation that I had, I said, I... I finished praying for other people that came up for prayer, but at the end I said, I have a request also. I said, if there's anybody in here that's a mechanic or no other mechanic, I said, I'm in need of one. And I explained to them the situation I just explained to you. And we prayed and I left off on it. By the time we got out the door, all the saints were already moving. They were calling and things of that nature. 
on a Sunday, there was one brother who had a friend that owned a garage, and he was open on Sunday. He said, well, tell him to bring the car over, and he said, I'll get it fixed today. <laughs> Amen. God already had provisions in place. And that's many times things that we can't see ahead of time, see? If there is a trial that comes up, God has a way of escape. He has a remedy for the situation. Amen. All he wants us to do is just trust him. He allows the trial of our faith to come. Amen. But then he comes back and he shows what his plan was or what his provision was the whole time. And in my mind, I'm like, Lord, you already had that set. What's the chances of this man being at work on the day that I need him to be there? And I didn't even know I needed him to be there. You understand what I'm saying? That's just how God operates. Everything is under control. We understand that? Every one of our circumstances are controlled circumstances. Satan has limits that he can't cross. No matter how far, you know, you might feel like, hey, I'm at my limit, brother. I don't know how much I can take. I don't know how much. The stock market is, is in shambles. I don't know about you, but I'm a cryptocurrency investor. You know, and cryptocurrency is, is taking more than a nosedive. <laughs> Amen. But I'm at peace with the whole situation. I'm looking for a comeback. <laughs> it dipped down, but you, you got to come back up to the top, you know. I, mean, I ain't going to think otherwise. Isn't that right? You know, many times you might have a certain thing going on in your body or some kind of situation going on. And somebody might ask you and say, are you all right? And you're not having, you know, you're not giving a put on. You say, I'm fine. But you're saying that because of where your heart is concerning God. What you're saying is, I believe God has it under control. Like the woman that had the dead son, she, she should have been all tore up about it. And now I'm sure there were emotions that Satan wanted her to, to follow the trail of, right? To get all distraught and to get all worried and out of sorts, right? But she was under an anointing, saints. And even though that fear was there, it was under control. There was something on the inside that had been revealed to let her know all is well. So when Elijah asked her, is all well with the child? She said what? All is well. Was she lying? Come on, something. <laughs> she wasn't lying. All was well. Why? She had entered into another mind, another view of the situation. And that mind she entered into, that view she entered into, guess what? The end result was she came. She said, I'm not leaving you. I got a child that needs you. His life is gone. I know it. But I believe in my heart that God is able to raise him up and he led me to you. And not many, many, not long later, what? Her child was raised back to life again. Amen. That's the kind of God we serve. I wouldn't want to be that woman. I don't want to see nothing happen to none of my children. But, Lord, if something does happen, God, may that same anointing rest upon me. Amen? May that same assurance, that same comfort level rest upon me, Lord. And may my eyes and my heart be fixed on the promised word of God. Praise the Lord. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray thee, open his eyes. He was looking already with his eyes. But spiritually, he was hindered. His spiritual sight was hindered. Amen. That's the eyes that needed to be opened. 
was his spiritual sight. Isn't that right? He says, open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elisha. Now you can see what kind of a now the Bible doesn't go into the detail of it. But I'm sure that when he was able to see what Elijah saw. Or Elisha. Now he was able to enter into that calmness. Now that fear that began to well up in him and that uncertainty because of the circumstance he found himself in, it began to dissipate. And now he was able to calm down and walk with Elijah in the same type of an anointing. He walked with him up there to talk with them. Because remember, the Lord blinded them. Amen? But the Lord helped him to enter into that place. Amen. He's the same God, isn't he? Lord, may, Lord, open our eyes. Wherever, wherever is needed, Lord, Lord, open our eyes that we might see what you see. Amen. And we might be able to see that everything is under control. Brother Branham brings this particular quotation up here. He says, and this message is called the future home of the heavenly bridegroom and the earthly bride. He says, Satan is defeated and he knows it. He says, he's on earth. He is going like a roaring lion. He says, he says, it isn't long till he's, oh, he's finished. He said, he knows his time. He's going, he's going like a roaring lion. He says, but remember the prince of peace stands by. He says, the great divine one, the architect of my being, the architect who built me what I am, who built you what you are is here. He says, if the architect who knows how to put the building together, he says, he says, it's right place. He says, who knows better than the architect? And he's here to prove himself. He says, he's here. How many believe he's here? I know you know that he's here, but he's here to take control. Amen. Just like he did in that ship. Amen. They thought everything was at its end. They thought they were going to die. But he was like, no, no, no. This is not how your life is going to go out. Peter, you still got, you, you got to receive the Holy Ghost. You, you, got, you guys have eternal purposes that have to be fulfilled. So this little storm that rose up was just a little test for you. The strengthening of the try your face so it can be strengthened. Amen. But there is much more beyond this point that you have yet to come into. Praise the Lord. So everything that the Lord is allowing us to experience, saints, is just for training purposes. Amen. He wants to establish things in our hearts. He wants to give us a real peace. Amen. That peace that passes understanding. And I want to leave you with this scripture here. It's in Philippians. Philippians. Chapter four. I know there are many different circumstances and situations that are taking place, you know, all about. You know, Satan is working in homes, trying to cause disturbances among families, between spouses, between parents and children, children with spouses. You know, and he's able to achieve that through just wrong perspectives, right? Isn't that right? You know, he sets out to do that. He wants to give the children a wrong perspective of the parent, to make the parents seem like they're always against them and things of that nature. And he want to change the parents' perspective to be bad toward the children and toward you know, either spouse, 
you know, to make it seem like one or the other is against them or whatever. And sometimes we allow the enemy to use us to our shame, right? But we thank God that he comes down by his grace and he comes down and he helps us to be able to see our error. And because we are his children, what we do say, we humble ourselves to his word. We humble ourselves to his correction. Right. And as we humble ourselves to him, then God begins to come in and bring harmony within the home. He begins to restore that peace that Satan is trying to rob us of. It says here in Philippians chapter four and verse six, it says, be careful for what? And don't be concerned about anything. There's nothing you can do about it anyway. Sometimes we, 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 we can tend to lean too much on ourselves on, or, or onto natural pillars, I would say, natural supports. And God will allow these natural supports to be removed from us. If, you, if, you, if you're relying too much on your job, guess what God will do? He may, he may allow your job to be taken from you. Or he, he may allow an unstable situation to take place on your job where you're feeling a little bit uneasy. But he want to bring us to a place to realize that what? And I told my, I actually told my manager this on Friday. You know, uh, I was, I was, he, he's, he's a new manager, quality manager at my job. And he had, he wanted to have a one-on-one with me. And we got to talking about the Lord a little bit, you know. And I told him, I said, well, from my past experiences, this is one thing that I came to terms with. I, I said, now, please understand. So I, I told him, I said, I say this humbly. I said it several times. I say I say this humbly. I said, but the only way I can leave a job is if God purposes for me, purposes for me to leave that job. The job just can't fire me because they they chose to fire me. Only when my purpose is fulfilled and it's God's timing for me, that's the only way that I can actually leave a job. I said, and I can't make myself get a job on my own. I said, if I get a job, it's because God allowed me to have that job. I said, so what I'm saying is God is in full control. And he looked at me and he smiled. He said, that's right, brother. He knew it. He had experiences himself. But that's the truth, saints. Amen. It's not, it's not what we can do or what we can put together or how well we can cause things to smooth along. No, it, God, God is in control of the whole thing. Amen. Amen. There's nothing that we can do of ourselves. And like I said, if we have, if God sees that we're depending too much on one natural thing or another, be it ourselves or any other person, any other thing, then God will make sure that gets kind of disrupted a little bit. Just to bring our attention and our focus back on the right thing. But it says here, be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. It says, let your requests be made known unto God. It says, and the peace of God. It says, which does what? Passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. This is what Sister Branham experienced with that Amish woman. It was a peace of God that was upon her because she was given over to the things of God. So what is this all telling us, saints? We can't allow Satan to rob us of a more consecrated life. We can't afford that. At the time that we're in right now, We need to be more dedicated to God than what we've ever been in our entire lives. You understand what I'm saying? You thank God for this church. You thank God for Brother Barry. But when it comes to the individual situations, Brother Barry can't be everywhere at one time. And he knows himself that he's limited. It's not. If God don't do it for you, he knows it can't be done. It's not within him. He don't have that power, that ability to satisfy all the needs. But he's pointing us 
you to that, that God that he knows is able to come down and take care of every need. So that real walk, that real day-to-day walk, that real sweetness in the morning time when you get up and pray, that has to become of great value to each one of us. We won't allow nothing to take that away from us. Well, brother, you don't understand. I, I got to get up at 4 o'clock. Well, you'll be able to make a sacrifice and say, you know what? I'll get up at 3.30. Why? Because I can't afford to meet my day without being in this presence of God that I know I stand in need of because I don't, I don't know what's going to face me in this day. But I want to come prepared. speaking to you concerning where I'm at right now. I've not been so pleased with a lot of my responses to situations at times. And I believe the Lord has allowed me to be able to see that about myself. And I realize, Lord, there is a real place. There is a real peace that's there. That can show itself. You see, it comes along with the person, right? The more that I surrender. Isn't that right? The light on my load. The more that I release my cares, the more you take control. The more that I can humble myself, the more you lift me up. Every day I live, Lord, I love you more. Amen. Can we all stand together at this time? God is calling for a greater surrender in saints. God is calling for more of a dedication. Amen. It's not that you haven't been giving him anything, but I believe he wants more. How many believe that? Amen. Amen. He's giving us something right now because there's something we're getting ready to meet. It's on the horizon. We see it. It's all around us now. Brother Branham talked about in a message called um, Letting Off the Pressure. He says Satan is doing that. He said it's him working in that spiritual realm trying to bring a pressure down upon the people. He said to try to make us act out of character. He want us to just get into that real doubtful and fearful place where we become like the disciples. You're in a situation, but it don't even seem, by, by the appearance of the response, it don't even seem like you've really been taught much of anything at all. Remember Brother Branham when Brother, that message called Standing in the Gap, when Brother Way was allowed to pass away in the service. The people got emotionally stirred. You know, there was a disturbance that began to move among the people and, and they began to weep and they began to cry a little bit and whatever. And the Lord, you know, had his prophet under that anointing. And when he went down to try to assess the situation and people saw what had happened, he had to settle the people down. He says, calm down, calm down. He said, you've been trained better than that. It's more than just hearing a good word and hearing about all the miraculous things of God. But God wants those things to be in action. He wanted to be our first response. Amen. As we all bow our heads together, if there's anybody that desires prayer, of course you're welcome to come up and we'll pray with you for whatever it is you stand in need of. But even if you don't desire to come up for prayer, because if you do come up for prayer, you have to have the same faith you would have to have in your seat. Because there's no man that can give you anything. 
We have to touch a real God who's present now by the faith that he's given you by his grace. Every head bow. Heavenly Father, we want to say first of all, Lord, thank you. Thank you for everything that you've done for us, Lord, throughout our entire lives. You've been with us, Lord God, this entire way. There are times, Lord, where it didn't seem as though you were with us, Father. In our, in our own minds, Lord, if we felt like we were all alone. But we, weren't, we were never alone, Lord. You were with us the whole time. And it's normally after the fact, Father, when we look back upon our lives and situations that we were in, that we can see how you were there, Lord God, and that you had everything under control. There are lessons to be learned, Lord God, and things to be gained from those experiences, Father, that should be applied to future situations. There are many times, Lord, we realize that we fail to pass certain tests you allow to come our way. But, Lord, we pray that you would help us, Father, even at this time to, to become more humble before you. to rededicate our lives to you, Lord God, in the the way that you desire for our lives to be dedicated to you, Lord. To pray to your satisfaction, to read your word to your satisfaction, to listen to your word to your satisfaction, Lord, and not, not by what we can gauge things by within ourselves. And we become so sensitive to your spirit, Lord, that whenever you call to pull us aside, May we be able to feel that nudge, Lord God. And no matter where we are, if we're at work or whatever, maybe we we be able to go maybe into a restroom, Lord God, or maybe to our car, whatever the case might be, Lord, and just bow our heads in prayer just to satisfy that pull that we feel at those times. And within the course of our days, Lord God, may we make time, Lord. May we actually make time for you. But we not allow the enemy through the course of the world's routines and things that we seemingly have to take care of continue to rob us of additional quality time that we could be spending with you, Lord. Because it's in those times, Father God, that you add to us necessary things. So, Lord, help each one of us in that way, Father God. We all want to be more dedicated, Lord. We want to be more consecrated to you, Father. We want to be more humble to you, Lord. Bless every heart, every family, every situation, Lord. You know everything that's going on. Even though no one came up for a prayer, Father God, there are many unspoken prayer requests. I know that's upon your people's hearts. Father, may you just move through each one, Lord, and just take care of each one, Father God, helping us to get settled, Lord, helping us to release everything before you in prayer, as it's said in your word. And you said when we do that, Father God, you said there is a peace that passes understanding that will be transferred to us, Lord God, that will keep our hearts and our minds through Christ Jesus. Lord, let it be so more than what we've experienced already. We love you, Lord Jesus. And we ask all these things in your name, the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. 
Amen. God bless you, saints. Stay. Thank you, brothers. God bless you, brother. Stay.
Amen. Just give the Lord a hand clap of praise. My, what a... What a wonderful, wonderful message. You know, I was sitting there and I couldn't help but think when he was talking about all the the, uh, the trials and situations that you come through, that, that the Lord allows this to happen. And some of them are very, very intense. And and I myself have even have sat there and just cried and thought, Lord, why why is this happening? And, and as I was sitting there, my, my mind got drawn back to uh, basic training in the military. And and they put you in these intense situations where your drill instructor, you've got many of them around you, they're yelling at you, they're, uh, there's, you're trying to go through obstacles and there's explosions going off and they're trying to make you crack. They're trying to make you not be able to function under pressure so they can break you down and then build you back up. Because when you get on the battlefield, the enemy don't care. And he's not going to stop because of all the confusion and all the, the noise. And he's got one objective, and that is to destroy you. And you've got one objective, and that is to survive and, and get out. And I thought, Lord, you are so merciful to us how you... You tear us down and bring us down to where we have nowhere to go but to look up to you. We, we can look nowhere else. And then you just pick us up. You take care of the situation. We are fully in your control. He is so wonderful to us. And I am glad to know that there's somebody greater than me or anybody else that lives in here that takes care. That takes care. But greater is he that's in me and you than he that's in the world. Let's sing that real quick, Brother Miles. Greater is He that is in me. Greater is He that is in me. Greater is He that is in me than He that is in the world. Oh yes, greater is He that is in me. Greater is He that is in me. Greater is He that is in me than he that is in the world. You see, Satan's like a roaring lion roaming to and fro, seeking whom he may devour. The Bible tells me so. Many souls have been his prey to fall in some weak hour. Oh, but God has promised us today his overcoming power. Oh, greater is he that is in me. Greater is he that is in me. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Sing it again now. Oh, greater is he that is in me. Greater is he that is in me. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Amen. I'm going to dismiss at this time and uh, just uh, trust everyone has a wonderful week.
come back Wednesday for service expecting good things. Again, I want to say thank you to all the fathers. Happy Father's Day to you. And uh, it's uh, just a thrill to me to see these younger men raising these these young kids in the fear and admonition of the Lord. And I'm so thankful for the generation that, that raised me and my dad that brought me up to be a, a, a Christian man. And uh, I'm just so thankful for that. And thank you, fathers. Just when the world is against us, because it seems like the whole world is against the fathers and attacking the fathers, just keep pressing on, keep fighting. And uh, we'll just sing this course as you all are dismissed. Enjoy your afternoon. Let's try that uh, old uh, that course uh, covered by the blood. <clears throat> we'll we'll leave out of here in a we'll leave out of here in a march. And you all have a wonderful, wonderful. Oh, I am covered, covered, covered by His blood. Walking by faith, living in love. Oh, I am covered, covered, covered by His blood. And Jesus has rescued me. Oh, yes, I'm covered, covered, covered by His love. Walking by faith, living in love. Oh, I am covered, covered, covered by His blood. Jesus has rescued me. Oh, we are covered, covered, covered by His blood. Walking by faith, living in love. Oh, I am covered, covered, covered by His blood. Jesus has rescued me.